First of all, I just wanted to let you know why we chose, of all the places we could have gone with students, why we chose Uganda. Um, and obviously, we chose Uganda because I worked there for about 12 years as a missionary. Um, as well, Grace Taslar, who's the missions director for Nurses Christian Fellowship, also had spent some time in Uganda in the 80s. So we both had what we'll call social capital in Uganda, people that we could rely on to um, help us set up the program, who could um, keep interacting with the guest house, for example, who could um, link us with Christian medical workers in Uganda that we knew, um, and work that we knew about, um, people that we had trained and educated who would be available to us to work with us. Um, And that was really important to us to have those connections because part of the objectives were for us to introduce these students to Christian medical medical and nursing people in Uganda for them to learn from those medical people in Uganda already. Um, I was a nurse educator in Uganda, so I had former students of mine who are now in practice, and Grace had a lot of community health development workers that she trained who are also carrying out um, the work that she had trained them to do. And we wanted the students to really have an opportunity to see that, to meet those people, and to think about how, if God would call them into missions, how they could go to a place like Uganda and seek out Christian medical workers who would be available for them to partner with. Ah, and we have, we have pictures. Okay. This is the social capital you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, this is the social capital we were talking about. The So these were our objectives. I'm not sure if I even have this on. Um, yeah. So, like I said, we wanted them to look at um, God's call in their lives. Was God calling them into missions? That was one of the things we really wanted them to consider. Um, and then to expose them to an opportun- a number of opportunities of missionary nursing in a place like Uganda and being able to help them see how that might work in another place in the world as well. Um, then, of course, situations in Africa, of course, are resource limited. How do you do nursing practice or how do you interact with Um, people who are seeking health care in a situation where you're resource limited. Um, You know what you need to do, but you don't have the resources to do what you need to do. Those are some of the things that we looked at as well. And then working together with Ugandan nurses, like I've already said. And then, of course, we wanted the students to be able to apply the lessons that they learned with what they were doing on campus. And that's where the disadvantage we have today of not having a student with us to do. But, Renee? Then putting it all together, we had to find students to come with us. And we found students from all across the U.S., and they found us through a few different avenues. One was that we had an exhibit at the Urbana Student Missions Convention, which is sponsored by InterVarsity every three years. And then also we were here, and we recruited students um, at this conference as well. We had students who had heard of us through campus fellowships, so through InterVarsity and through Nurses Christian Fellowship. But also, probably about a third of them found us online. And this was a little shocking to us because they didn't know us at all, and a lot of them didn't know our organization either, and yet they were willing to travel across the world with us. So if you're a student, I would really encourage you to talk to somebody in person who's going with the organization that you're interested in because their website might look really great, but the follow-through on what actually happens might not be quite as good. So kind of put a list together of questions that you want to be asking somebody who's traveled with this organization before. Or how did they um, support you? What are the things they do for security? What are the things they do um, to ensure that if something goes wrong, that there's going to be somebody there to help you too? 
Um, so we were just kind of, I think, surprised about that. They were willing to trust us pretty easily. Um, and then also word of mouth. There were two of our students who had a mentor at their church that was connected with us, and she had heard about the trip, and that's how um, they ended up coming with us. So then as far as how we got the students prepared, we had um, a reading list that was part of our pre-orientation. I'm going to show that to you in a moment. But I also had the students do some self-directed research. So they had to each look at a different part of Ugandan culture and research that on their own and then prepare a presentation to share with the rest of the group before we left. So that was something that they wanted to learn more about. Like if they wanted to learn more about cooking or about family structure, that was really something that they owned and they had to go and look at and research themselves. This was our reading list. Um, this was one of the best books we read, actually. It was Serving with Eyes Wide Open, Doing Short-Term Missions with Cultural Intelligence. And this talked a lot about what it means to be a Westerner and to come into a new, a different culture. And so how do you, what's your posture in doing that? Are you coming with a posture of teachability and humbleness and willingness to learn? Or are you coming with a posture of superiority and judgment um, where you're going to just withdraw when things don't make sense to you? We also looked at Called to Care, a Christian worldview for nursing that's published by um, InterVarsity Press. Talks a lot about integration of healthcare, um, of faith and practice in healthcare, and it's particularly in nursing. And then also Caring Across Cultures, Preparing for Effective Missionary Nursing um, by Grace Tazelar. We had a recommended list for those that wanted to dive in a little bit more. Um, some JCN, Journal of Christian Nursing articles, um, the AIDS crisis, what we can do and then some other books on cross-cultural um, servanthood and spiritual care as well. And we noticed a marked difference between those who read the books and those who didn't, but there were some who just absolutely refused to do any of the reading that we suggested. So that was a little bit startling to us, I think. And so even thinking for the future, what are ways that we can do other things that might be more appealing to students that they'll be willing to participate in? So if that's you know, watching movies that show the culture or um, interviewing somebody from that, um, from that country who happens to be in the U.S., we've thought about those things as well. But especially the books about how to enter how to do cross-cultural ministry well were the things the students were really impacted by when they were reading these books. Okay. This one I'm not going to be able to do. Yeah, so even as we considered the program and taking students on a short-term mission trip, we were thinking about long-term impact from the very beginning and what that was going to look like with our Ugandan partners as well as the students. Um, so we, we didn't want to start anything in Uganda that we weren't going to be there to follow through with. So it was really, um, we just wanted to be able to be with the, the, the national Ugandans. And we were thinking about best, term pra- best practices at the time that we were setting up the program. Um, having a host in the culture, um, being able to do what we said we would do, having those elements of trust and um, with each other, we worked a lot with um, Focus Uganda. Um, this is the general director of Focus Uganda there on the, on the left, <laughs> um, who's actually the, the leader of Focus Uganda. Focus is the Fellowship of Christian Unions, which is equivalent to InterVarsity in Uganda. They're part of the International Fellowship of Christian Students. So Damon was really there, instrumental in us, with us to facilitate with the students some of their orientation, um, some of the work that we did. We worked with the Focus Children's Project. Um, Our students taught the the children that participated in the project on a Saturday. Um, 
We were involved. One of the original reasons that we also went was because a nurse in Uganda wrote to us and said, I would like to start Nurses Christian Fellowship in Uganda. Can you help me do that? So that was one of the things that the students had the opportunity to do. We sponsored a tea for these interested nurses in Uganda who wanted to start Nurses Christian Fellowship, giving them an opportunity to meet one another and to be together. So that was one of the things that we felt like we, we began and would have a long-term opportunity for Nurses Christian Fellowship to continue in Uganda. Um, I sent an email to one of the nurses who was taking responsibility for that, and I didn't hear back from her. So we're trusting that they're continuing to pursue Nurses Christian Fellowship in Uganda. As we met with them that night, they talked about how it was something that they had wanted to do for a number of years and just had never had any any one person who could be the catalyst to bring that together. So by virtue of the fact that we were together with them that night, facilitating a tea, um, having um, hors d'oeuvres with them, having them meet one another, it was, we were able to catalyze that, uh, that opportunity for them. And hopefully we'll continue to find out how they're doing with that and that they're following up on that as well. Um, so that was one of the long-term impacts that we had. Um, That's that same group again. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other partners that we had as well. We did some work with McKenna University because I had been on the faculty there as an honorary lecturer. Um, so we had access to students. We really wanted our students to have the opportunity to interact with Ugandan students. Um, one of the other things we find out about plan found out about planning this trip that it's not always going to be the way you expected it to be. We really wanted to have Ugandan students with us for that whole time so that our students would have opportunities to interact with Ugandan nursing students. We ended up with one who was a very brave soul um, to spend three and a half weeks with us as the only Ugandan going around the areas of Uganda where we went, sleeping with our students, eating with our students, um, just interacting with everything that our American students did, Esther was part of. So that was one of the other things that we were able to do. Um, in with, uh, and then at the university, we had an opportunity for the students to just interact with some junior nursing students who were taking courses during the summer and just sat down and talked about various experiences that they had with one another. Um, when we were thinking about best practices, we looked at the Luke Society. The Luke Society in Uganda is directed by a Ugandan nurse. She's the only nurse director of a Luke Society clinic in the world. The rest of them are directed by doctors. And, and it was remarkable for us to just see her to put Christ in the first place of all that she did. As you walked into the clinic, that was very evident to us, and she said that right away. It's like, we are here as servants of the Lord, and it's, it says that on their sign as you enter their compound. And it was very evident to our students that they really were a Christian organization. We did home visits with them, and um, the people that we visited in their homes, it was very evident that the nurses that worked with R Rebecca were very committed to their patients. The patients really cared about them. They knew that they were cared about as well. Um, I guess I'll, I'll stop with that. We'll talk a little bit about um, some of the stuff we did at Malago Hospital as well. I think Renee will talk about that when she speaks about some of the students' experiences. So we were also looking at long-term impact in the students' lives as well. And so we wanted this not to be just a trip that they did one summer and then forgot about, but how are they really taking things home with them that they can apply to their lives wherever they learn. 
And the students laughed at me because I was always telling them, these are life skills, people. Like, you're going to use this forever. And one of them actually had um, a nightmare about me at one point, that I wouldn't let them go home because I had more life skills to teach them. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. But this is Esther. This is our Ugandan student who just graduated from nursing school with Jesse, one of our American students. And then this is the best practices yes. that Connie just talked about. This is the Luke Society Clinic and Rebecca, the directors in the purple on the right-hand side. And something we noticed, too, even on their sign, talking about what they offered at the clinic, evangelism was listed among immunizations, um, contraception, evangelism, AIDS care. It was really interesting how integrated that was. So this is something we wanted to focus on a lot as well, just the lessons learned, and that was coming from the student perspective as well. So I'm going to, instead of having the students here, I'm going to read some things that they sent to me, talking about what they learned. Go back here first. So this is from Sarah, and she is a senior nursing student at Case Western in Cleveland. And she said, the biggest thing I took away from this trip was realizing how much spirituality and healthcare are intertwined. Some other nursing students and I have been looking at how we carry ourselves in the clinical setting and how we can be more Christ-like in our interactions with patients, despite the hard, ways we, the hard days we may have. This trip and what I learned while there really changed the way that I look at nursing, and it's helped me to further drive my passion for caring for people. She also talked about things that were a little bit difficult as far as um, conflict that happened within our team and between our team and other people as well, which is something that you have to just be prepared for no matter where you're going, but it's really also a time for growth to happen amongst your team. So she said, being on the team also taught me about adaptation and conflict resolution. By the end, we had learned a lot about resolution and how to remain open with one another. She talked also about how culture impacts healthcare, and even now that she's in her pediatric rotation and her OB rotation in school, that she's looking at how culture impacts the way care is being given to her patients. And so she's even asking the professors now more often, you know, how is this person's culture impacting the way that we're able to care for them in this setting? And one more that I would like to share. This is Carolyn, and she's a junior nursing student at Emory. She said, I used to marvel at missionaries and how they were able to sacrifice so much to give their lives to Christ, only to realize that this is not sacrifice, but taking hold of something infinitely better than our feeble human minds can fathom and about what our lives should be. It is a realization that the almighty God of the universe actually might know better than we do about how our life should be led and how our life should be spent. So that was very impactful for her as well. And I think the students had this... I don't know, idealized picture of what it would be like to be in Africa or to be working in missions. And so to actually be there in person and seeing what the day-to-day -day life could look like was a good experience, I think, overall for them to see, um, to break down some of those stereotypes that they had at the beginning. One thing we also did for the students was having them um, have some time to reflect on what they had learned. And so at the end of our time, we had them write mission statements for what they wanted their lives as nurses to look like. This is an opportunity for them just to really, you know, write down, how do I want to be as a nurse? Who do I want to represent? How do I want my coworkers to know that I'm a follower of Jesus? And so I wanted to read one of those mission statements to you as well. And this is from Shalane. She's going to graduate in December at the University of California in San Diego. As a beloved child of God and a new nurse embarking on a journey, I take to heart the place the Lord has put me in the world. I promise to treat every patient how Christ would treat him, and to see every patient how Christ would see him, remembering always that each patient is unique and loved by God, 
fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. I promise to be his hands and feet when I walk the halls of the hospital and through my comforting touch in a person's time of need. In all that I say and do, I will glorify the Lord, allowing him to move through my actions and words. In everything I do, I will love the Lord with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, never ceasing his praise upon my lips. So that's Carolyn on the right, who's at Emory, and then Sarah on the left, who's at Case Western. So from our perspective as being people who led this group, um, there were lessons that we learned as well. Um, One of them is, like I've already mentioned, is it's never going to turn out the way you planned it. Sometimes that has to do with the place you're going to. Sometimes it has to do with the culture. Sometimes it just has to do with what God would rather do than what you thought was more important to plan. And and I think we saw that over and over. Um, Renee and I realized that every day we were just keeping one step ahead of our students in what we were going to do that day because all of the well-laid plans. Grace and I had gone to Uganda and spent two weeks planning this trip face-to-face with our Ugandan partners. And when we got there in July with the students, it didn't turn out the way we had planned it. Um, so just as if you're going to lead student groups, just always be aware to have something in your back pocket to pull out because it's not always going to go the way that we planned for it to go. Um, and that's just that's fearful and wonderful at the same time, um, just because we want students to have a good experience. And at the same time, you understand what the culture is like where you're working. Um, I think, too, it's important that students have a good background in cross-cultural training, um, that they understand what the differences are going to be. I think especially in a place like Uganda where they speak English, you think that they're the same as you because you share the same language. I think it's probably evident in other places where the language isn't shared that there is a huge cultural difference. But I think especially in Uganda and and English-speaking countries, people think, well, we're just the same because we speak the same and we understand what what we're saying. And that, of course, yes, you're shaking your head. That's far from the truth. And I think it's important to instill in students, especially, that we're not the same. We're very different. We We do have the advantage of being able to communicate on a certain level, but on another level, what's being said and what's really being communicated are not the same things. And students, I think, need a big background in that before they go. Um, Like Renee said, we had them work on some of the things that were of interest to them just so that they had a good understanding of the host culture. Um, I remember one day specifically, I don't remember what the students were doing. I remember hearing Renee say, just blend in (laughs) because we were so, we were standing out so much that it was just, we were drawing so much attention to ourselves that all we wanted them to do was just sort of blend into the culture, knowing full well that they weren't able to do that. Um, I remember the first Sunday morning we were sitting on the veranda of the guest house having um, breakfast, and I noticed there was a truckload of soldiers who had pulled up on this very small residential street where the guest house was, and I wasn't saying anything to anyone else. But I was very curious, in my mind, having lived in Uganda for a number of years, is what were the soldiers doing on this small street looking up at 11 white women on this veranda? Um, We had gone to Uganda just three days, four days after the, I don't know if you heard about the bombings that took place in Kampala during the World Cup. We just got there four days later. And in in a sense, in essence, what these soldiers were doing is they were just making sure that this group of American women were okay, 
I didn't tell the students. I didn't even say, by the way, there are soldiers there. But the next Sunday morning, the soldiers came up and had breakfast on the other side of the veranda with us, and the students were going, what are they doing here? (laughs) Well, they're just checking us out to make sure we're okay. But, I mean, that's certainly, you know, and they they knew that soldiers in Uganda were not the same as soldiers in America, and they're wondering what they're doing with us there. But just to give them some idea, you can't anticipate everything but just some idea of the kind of things that they're going to experience. And and for us, the security was very high in Uganda, obviously different from what it was just when we had been there two months ahead of time. And just to, not to scare them, but just to keep, make them aware of those kind of things that happen in a developing country. Um, I think the pastoral role that we played was very significant as well with the students. I think we needed to be able to, to listen to them, to hear what they were saying, just to be there to, to sort of help them sort through the kind of things that they, they were experiencing when they got confused about what just happened. Things that I, as a, a career missionary, thought were relatively insignificant really impacted them because they didn't understand what was going on. And just to, I think it's important for us to, to have been there with them, to listen to them, to let them talk about what they're experiencing, and, and in our part as well, not to be judgmental about what they're saying back to us, but just to really listen to them. Um, I think we had daily debriefings that the students weren't always excited about at the end of the day. It was like, you know, what, why do we have to sit around and talk? But it was a time for Renee and I to really hear from them about what was going on. And they they would, by the end of the time that we spent together, realize that that was a beneficial time for them. But we wanted to give them concentrated time every day to talk about what they were seeing, to think about what they were seeing, to help them analyze what that was, and and to pray about it as well, as as to pray about what we were going to do in the next day. I don't know if I'm missing slides here or not. Um, So, yeah. I think one thing I always forget as well, even having traveled overseas a lot, is that we often still have things to learn too. And so that was really great um, to know that God was also wanting to work in me, even as I was leading students um, in Uganda as well. And one of those big things we were even teaching our students was the gift of being present. And so we, at one point, Connie said to the students, Will it be enough if you can say that you went to Uganda and you met God and you met Ugandans? And so we talked a lot about them with the gift of just being present with people. And even I think it was impactful having been there right after the bombings and knowing that people were really grieving in that city and how can we even just be there with them and say, like, we don't understand what's happened, but we're really sorry and we want to be here with you and be present with you in your grief. Um, so on the right-hand corner there is Malago Hospital, and a couple weeks after the bombings, we were actually able to go in there with some Ugandan friends and pray with patients. And there isn't such thing as HIPAA there, so they actually had all the names of the bombing victims posted on the wall in front of the ward, so you knew exactly which ones had been involved in the bombings. But we were able to go through and just offer to pray with them. And I was able to pray with a student, a university student from Makata University who was studying international business and had been at the rugby stadium when the bombing took place. And he had a pelvic fracture, had been in the hospital for about a week and a half already. But he welcomed us to pray with him, and he had us, he had a guest book at his bedside. He had all of us sign, which was great. But it was amazing just to know that we were entering into this huge um, international event that had taken place, and were able to actually meet people that were impacted personally by that. And knowing that God was there with them when that happened, and that God would continue to be there with them. Um, continue later on too and just for them to know that we weren't afraid to come that we still came I think also said a lot to them too 
Um, the picture on the top is one Saturday our students were able to do some teaching with the children that are in the child projects um, sp- sponsored by Focus. And they didn't know what they were doing that day. They had to come up with lesson plans probably 30 minutes before they taught. But it was kind of the whole idea of you're just here to be present, and whatever needs to be done, you just kind of jump in and do it. So that was really fun. On the left-hand side is a um, grandmother and her children in the Malago community outside or in, in Kampala. It's a slum community, and we had been going on visits with lay health workers in that community one day. We went into this woman's house, and she offered, um, she wanted to pray for us. And so through a translator, we heard her prayers for us. And, I mean, I work in ministry, so my first inclination was, well, we should pray for you too, of course. And I really felt God just saying, no, this is what she wants to give to you, and you need to just accept it and be okay with not being the one who's giving, but being the one on the receiving end. And so I had to share it with the students later on just to know that I'm not always going to have the right answers either, and knowing that the Holy Spirit is still going to be teaching um, all of us as we're moving along how to best um, be partners in a real sense as well. Okay. So back to our um, how we applied what we learned back on, on campus and back home. One thing we really were excited to hear was that two of our students started Bible studies on campus once they got home. So Sarah, who's at Case Western, is leading a Bible study right now for nursing students. And they're going through a guide that's focusing on shalom. And they're talking a lot about um, integration of faith and practice. So what does it mean to be a Christian in nursing? How do we live that out? What does that look like day to day? And then Julia, who's at St. John's College at Southwest Baptist University, is also starting a Bible study there, too. And they've been meeting weekly as well. So just to see that continuation, that they haven't lost what they learned um, in Uganda, but they're applying that to wherever they end up going to school and wherever they end up serving later on as well. Okay. A little bit about what happens on campus um, with Nurses Christian Fellowship is that we want it to be a place where students meet Jesus if they don't already know him. They're able to really integrate their faith with their practice as nurses. And I've talked with students all across the country who say that they think it's illegal to talk about spiritual things with their patients. And they don't realize it's actually part of your job. And if you're not talking about those things and caring about your patients' spiritual lives, you're not doing the full extent of your job that you're supposed to be doing. And so telling them about what's what's legal and what's not legal, how do you follow your hospital's procedures and protocols, um, as well as what your nursing job description says. Um, talking about holistic care then and focusing especially on spiritual care. So how do you assess where your patient's at spiritually and then how do you also apply interventions to help them in spiritual growth? And how do you chart those things? How do you evaluate where they're at now compared to where they were when they first started being in the hospital? And then eventually we want to be mentoring students to become lifelong followers of Jesus. And we saw pieces of that happening even when we were in Uganda, saying, I think I get it now. I think I understand that God wants me. He doesn't care what I'm doing as much as he wants me to be really dedicated to following him and being open to where he wants to lead me. Okay. Then we talked about how we wanted this to be a long-term partnership in some way or another. Um, not just to come short-term and disappear. So one of the exciting things for us as leaders was to see, as the students had the opportunity to work with the Focus Children's Project, um, which is an indigenous project um, sponsored by Uganda, runs by Ugandans, sponsored by Ugandans. Um, and then as well, let me say, they saw this indigenous pro- program, but they also saw one of my missionary colleagues who also runs a child sponsorship program, which is very well funded from the United States. She does incredible things with kids. It's a wonderful ministry. And I would never say that my colleague's not doing the right thing. It's certainly a beneficial ministry. But for me, 
it was exciting to see our students gravitate towards the indigenous program that really and truly needed their help. So six of our students chose to, to sponsor children from the Focus Children's Project for um, $300 a year. And as a nursing student, you know that you, those of you who are students know that $300 a year is a significant amount of money for you. So that was real rewarding for me to see. I mean, it would have been just as good for me to see them take part in my colleagues' ministry, but to see them actually say, no, it's these children that we want to sponsor. It's these children that we, we saw who really need. It's focus that we see. Who's, who we, where we have been for most of our time here, who we've been interacting with for most of our um, project time in Uganda, we want to support these children. And, and to me, that was really significant for me, to see them really come alongside their partners in ministry. And now this is an ongoing project that the students will do with these, these children that allows them to have food and clothes and school when they wouldn't have the opportunity to have that otherwise. So to me, that was one of the long-term benefits of us being there. This is Julia with her child and Shalane with hers um, as well. Um, this is me. This is me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what's the other impact about going home from this kind of a project? Um, I think it's cross-cultural skills. You know, our country as well is becoming very cross-cultural. It's to, to uh, equip nursing students to meet cross-cultural patients that they see in various hospital settings um, in ways that you heard from what Renee read that the students wrote to us. I think they have a fuller view now of God and his global church. They had the opportunity to worship in three different Ugandan churches, which was one of the other things we wanted them to experience. You know, is worship different in Uganda? Is it the same as us? We worshiped in a... Um, Churches where English might have been the major language because they were one of the churches was um, planted among university graduates way back in the 60s. So it's a it's a very intellectual kind of environment. Um, but just to have them have the opportunity then to see a church that was made up and planted among refugees from northern Uganda who came to Kampala for refuge and and a church was planted among them. We worshiped with them one Sunday as well, but just to give them a brief idea of how does worship take place in different areas with different tribes, with different languages. Um, And then, of course, our missionary heart was for them to have a prayerful attitude about was, was God calling me into missions? Is he calling me into missions? Where in the world would that be and what would that look like? And just for them to continue to think about that and pray about that as they went home. I think two of our students were really committed to going into missions before they went on this trip with us. Um, The others, it was just something they hadn't really thought about. But to just give them that opportunity to really think about it. And then really have an integrated perspective of what does it mean for me to be a follower of Jesus Christ and to be a nurse? And does that differ from just being a Christian nurse? And how does that impact me? And how should that impact my practice? And those are some of the questions that we were raising with them when they were in Uganda that we really trust continue to come up in their minds and their hearts as they think about um, what they're experiencing in their in their the end of their student projects and as they graduate from nursing school. Um, we want them to reflect back on that time in Uganda to say, oh yeah, I learned that, and this is what how God is leading me. And this, this may be how God's leading me in the future. Or I really, you know, I really see that 
ministering as a Christian nurse here in America is where God has called me to be. Whatever it is that God wants them to be, we really want them to do that to the fullest. And we really trusted the Lord that that was something we were able to impact them with while they were in Uganda. Anything else you want to add? So we have about ten minutes left here, eight minutes left. Um, Any questions that you might have? Especially from the students, I'd love to hear um, questions you have, like, have you traveled overseas already? Are you looking into it? Or how can we be helpful even as you're preparing for that? Or are you just not really sure yet? What <laughs> <laughs> your students did you have primarily? How much support did they raise? Where did they come from? What state? They came from Wyoming, California, Missouri, Florida, Colorado, Maryland. Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. So all over, um, they raised $5,000 to come. And I think that was, I mean, it was a real challenge too, but then it was great seeing the ways that they were really um, creative in that. One student found out that there was a local ice cream shop that would, um, if she would stand outside and give people tickets, they would give her 10% of the earnings from that day. So (laughs) she did that once. I mean, she had somebody who saw Christian on her pamphlet and just started yelling at her about stuff that was going on in Uganda that she didn't have any idea about. So it was really a leap of faith for her to be that like public, I think, too, yeah. what she was wanting to do. It was a good learning experience, I think, in the long run as well. Yeah, and we had, they were all undergrad students, so mostly senior nursing students entering their senior year. A couple were um, juniors that were going to be starting their junior year as well. So most had had at least a year of clinical experience. You did clinical as well? Or no? no, we didn't. They were in the hospital, but we really didn't allow them to do clinical practice because I was the only nurse on the team with a Ugandan license. And we hadn't set up the program with the Ugandan government to allow us to bring students in to do any kind of practice at that point in time. Um, And I think that's a value that I'll just throw that out for people that may not have thought about that. We need to think about um, registration and licensure in other countries and how we do that and how we go about doing that and, and what that enables us to do, which we couldn't do if we weren't registered in the country and there and most countries have laws about that um, but that was really significant and important to me that because I lived in Uganda for so long and I knew people on the nursing council I wanted to make sure that our project was really in line with that and I think that's also in line with best practices I think as you look at your program there are several presentations on best practices and we would recommend you to go to those to hear about what are the best practices in short-term missions, medical missions, missionary nursing, those kind of things, because I think that's really significant and important, and we wanted to uphold those values as well. But that's why we really didn't do any clinical practice, and we did meet with some resistance from the students. Even though we had posted the objectives for them, we had talked to them about it, about what the project was going to do, we still found when we got there that they said to us, well, when are we going to do something? And that was when I said to them, like Renee said, will it be enough for you if you meet God and you meet Ugandans. And that first time, one of them said, no, it's not going to be enough. We thought she was going to go home. We thought she was going to go home. I thought I was going to have to find her the next flight out. But um, we worked through that as well. And I think, yeah, like Renee said, it was for them, they understood the ministry of presence just to be there, for them to be with Ugandans and Ugandans to be with them. So it's probably a long answer to a short question. No, fine. I mean, technically, they could have served under you. Technically, they could have. Because yeah. you are an instructor. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, technically, they could have. Yeah, And I still hold an appointment at the university. 
mean, it, I value what you said. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it certainly we don't need to go into somewhere and just think, you know, the great Americans and we can do whatever we want. But right. in that situation, yeah. we actually have a publication. Yeah, and, but we would have approached the project differently if we yeah. planned to do that. Yeah, yeah, we would have approached the nursing council and those kind of things. Yeah. I was actually in Uganda this summer too, but um, for different reasons. Um, we are I'm curious what you guys found in the differences in nursing in Uganda than here. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big uh, yeah big question. Um, yeah, I taught nursing in Uganda for a number of years. I taught at the bachelor's level at the university. Um, I think the first thing you need to understand about nursing in Uganda, unfortunately, is that it's not a well-respected profession. Um, They think that nursing is what you do if you're a failure at everything else because we get involved in dirty kind of things, you know, blood and um, emesis and all of those kind of things, and it's not a highly respected profession. Um, I would spend many, many hours with my nursing students in the first year. I taught their first class in the first year. was one of the classes I taught. And what I would spend time with, with with them was helping them understand how significant nursing was And one of the approaches I would always take, and I had great freedom in Uganda to do that, was to say, we are healers because Jesus healed. And that's very significant and very important. So when people tell you that you're a failure as a nurse, think about what you're doing. And think about, is this God's call in your life, or are you doing this because you were a failure? Um, and, And many times, of course, the students we got in the nursing program had failed to reach the appropriate number of points to get into the medical school. So they did indeed feel like failures. But I also had the opportunity to work with them for four years um, and instill those values in them. Um, I think we're seeing a a little bit of a difference in nursing in Uganda today. There's becoming a critical mass of university-educated nurses. There are PhD-prepared nurses um, in Uganda, three of them. I might say, and and there's a master's program in Uganda for the first time at Uganda Christian University. So we're starting to see a little change in that trend. But up until now, they've been educated in um, hospital-based programs. Many of them could enter the nursing program after their sophomore year in high school. So they were, you know, they were not as highly educated. Didn't always understand why they were doing what they were doing. They were just there to follow the doctor's orders. And, and, and then I'm, I should say as well that the nurse-patient ratio is 50 to 1 at night and 20 to 1 during the day at the University Teaching Hospital at Milano Hospital. So part of it is not that nurses are so bad. It's that how, what can you do if you're one person with 50 critical, critically ill patients? Um, so those are some questions too. Because when I first went to Uganda, someone said, oh, you're a nurse. Well, nurses are criminals in Uganda. <laughs> oh. Sorry, I see your hand in the back. Frank, can I just add two things I also uh, got in? Um, here, the, the hierarchy of nurses is, you know, if you're a critical care nurse, maybe psych in the, or administration, you, you have more social status. They are community health, uh, mostly, a lot, partly because mm-hmm. all community health nurses are midwives uh, as, as well. They're... Uh, there's more prestige uh, out and about than there, there yeah, is yeah. In, uh, in, a, in a hospital. And the, the thing that drives me absolutely nuts is um, the critical thinking skills 
if they're the sole provider and there's not a lot of bells and whistles, not a lot of technology, the critical thinking skills are fine. And they, and they earn respect from the community and, and, and you know, it's all cool. But that same nurse move into the hospital in the urban setting and gender and hierarchy and technology and, and all of a sudden it feels like a whole lot of uh, what can happen doesn't happen. Yeah, Dave, thanks for sharing that because, yeah, it helps me with my hospital focus bias. <laughs> yeah, I'm the critical care person. And, yeah, I thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, that's very true. The nurses in the community are more respected than nurses in the hospital. Maybe two questions. One is, would you do a trip like this again? And then the other is, how strongly would you recommend nursing students uh, take a trip like this? Answer the first part of that? <laughs> I think coming back at first, I, I love thinking of better ways to do things. That's just the way I'm always thinking of what's the better way to do this. So I was already planning the next trip and saying, okay, we'll do this differently. And one thing we did realize, just knowing that this generation really learns well through experience, and we had about a week of um, a lot of teaching for them at the beginning. So we knew that we needed to break that off. And so we'd probably have them maybe in groups of two, even working mm -hmm. alongside other nurses in a community for an extended period of time. So at least a couple of weeks to have that more experiential and then to be applying what they're learning in the classroom throughout that time. So that's one thing that we definitely would change, which would involve a lot of, um, just a lot of logistics, I think, and yeah. moving them around too. But we could. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and then um, I think as far as recommending it, I would. <laughs> but I mean, even as our students came back and they talked to long-term missionaries, when the missionaries heard what we had done, they were really surprised and they said, they were shocked saying just, this was a trip that was really planned with the long-term impact in mind. And so it wasn't, we're going to go here and take 100 blood pressures and infections, but we're going to really have some skills that you're going to be able to apply, whether you work overseas or whether you work in the U.S. These are going to be things that are integrated into the way that you view nursing, um, integrated into the way that your relationship with God is. And it's going to be just longer lasting that way. So that was our hope, at least, and that's what it seemed like what they took away from it. Yeah, yes, and I would certainly recommend that students take a trip like this again. It's great. Yeah. Um, at the university that I teach at, we take uh, we've taken nursing students um, for I think four or five years, but I get to take them this year, and I'm really excited about that. Last year we went to Haiti and took 13 students last year, and we took 13 nursing students this year um, with two faculty members, and it's amazing what they get to do. I mean, we did actually medical things, triage and, and blood pressures and uh, minor surgeries and things like that. We had a nurse from each group, uh, but then the students were doing things that they were capable of doing in the clinical setting in, in the U.S. So it was, um, for them, you know, just cleaning wounds was, are things that they'll never be able to do as a student in um, the United States. They, it was just amazing the growth that you saw in that time frame for the nursing part. So mm -hmm. you know, I would like to add more of the spiritual component to it this year. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have to talk about a, a whole year's worth of discipleship can happen in one summer because you're with the students. You know, so often they have opportunity to ask you questions and really be processing what God's doing in their lives. So that's huge. This is a this is a class. We meet once yeah. a week. Mm -hmm. And then we go on spring break. So we don't get the whole three weeks that mm -hmm. we can get. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank we you. have to make room for the next speaker here. <laughs> <laughs>